What's up, my friends? Matt Prince here. This is the Matt Prince Podcast brought to you by Royal Fitness. Today's topic is this, the reload. All right, so if you have heard me talking in the gym about reloads uh, or deloads, you might have heard of deloads. Essentially, I call deloads reloads. That's what my my mentor and my coach, Joshy Bryant at Jailhouse Strong, I'm just dropping his name for a bit of clout because I'm fucking proud to be a a client of his. Um, He's a very prestigious coach and a a, a fantastic mentor to me, um, which allows me to get smarter and better to pass that on to my people as well. So that's that's what I've always tried to do is suss out um, the the best, some of the best, if not the best in the world, learn from them and utilize that knowledge to make what I do better for my people. Um, And He's, uh, he's, he's the one who called it Reload in the first time I heard it called Reload was through him. And it, it's a really positive way to frame a deload because a deload for me, I always fucking hate it. I'm like, oh, fuck deloads. <laughs> Don't want a deload. Um, but when he started saying it's a reload, as in like you're reloading your gun ready to fire again, you know, it made, it made it sort of more exciting for me. It made it feel like I was doing something proactive rather than um, being lazy almost. So I'm going to call it a Reload. And I'm going to continue to call that. And that's what I want to talk about today. So what I've been doing um, this week, we're in the gym. So Royal Strength Club, we are in a reload right now for the upper body part of our training. Uh, We've just come off a a big bench cycle where we finish with a one rep max paused bench press as part of that cycle, which is quite taxing um, for some of them. Uh, For some people, it's fine. They recovered fine. But for some people, it's quite taxing. Um, so basically, I still like to put a, a reload in to minimize injury risk, right? And not everyone needs it. Not everyone needs it, but they everyone benefits from it, basically. So this concept called the fitness fatigue model, basically what happens is when you train, say day one you train, you're doing squats. If you think about it, right, you're going to get worse from that session, right? Your, your state of readiness is going to be worse because you're fatigued. So you do your squats, let's say you do, you know, five sets of 10 and you got 100 kilos or something like that. Like, I don't know, that's pretty crappy programming, but let's just say you've done a fuckload of squats, your legs are tired, right? If you try and do a fuckload of squats later that day, it's going to be harder or you might not be able to do the same weight or the same intensity or the same speed, etc. right? Because of fatigue, right? So you're going to get worse initially. Now, over time, what happens is you get, you, you go from, you get worse, you recover, that at the, at the top of the recovery, you get a little bit better than baseline. So you, 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 you know, I suppose you step it up a notch, right? You might be able to do 100 kilos last week. Next week, you might be able to do 102 kilos because your body's adapted, right? So you have to go backwards to adapt forwards. So that's something to consider. So this happens on like a daily level, on a training level, on a training day level. So I'm going to go to jiu-jitsu today. I'm going to get my ass kicked, even though I'm drinking a, a Monster Energy drink to perk me up after the fucking huge weekend we had at the fights with Jack and uh, the UFC. Um, I'm, I'm going to use this this session to basically try and get better, but I'm going to be worse off. If somebody tried to fight me at the end of the hour of me getting beaten up, I'm going to be worse than I was at the start, right? But then that, by tomorrow or the Saturday, I'm going to be better again, right? I'm going to be up another level, right? So I'll be even more ready, which is quite kind of cool. So that's on the daily level, right? If you start to think about it from like a, um, a training block level, so we generally program in three-week waves at Royal and, and on my online programs and all that sort of stuff, I find three-week waves work best. And now, 
not everybody needs a deload after three weeks. I take a deload in my strength training every three weeks, uh, like every fourth week, and that's because it's under the instructions of Josh, who's my coach, right? He makes me do that because I burn the fuck out. I need it. I train my weights hard. I train my jujitsu hard. I, you know, I work and do that, and I do my kids stuff. And basically, I'm very prone to burning out. So. It's, it's, it's a blessing in disguise that he makes me take every fourth week. So I never used to do it. I used to think it was bullshit, right? And I basically just go until I got sick. And then when I'm sick or injured or whatever, I recover and go back and do it. So I, uh, from that, I've learned to be a lot more strategic. So now what I look at with that training block, so on the fourth week, we either in, in Royal or the online, depending on the person and the people, we either switch the exercises to start something new, which generally creates a new stimulus, but generally most of the people aren't efficient at the movements that we throw in. So it kind of works as a deload anyway, right? And the beauty of that is we can still train hard, but because they're not efficient at movement, it kind of lets them recover while they're getting a new stimulus and it's good for them mentally, physically, all that sort of stuff. So I do that a lot with people who are just general population people, aren't doing the fighting, aren't doing sports, aren't going completely nuts in every area of their life. They can handle that. They can do two or three training blocks like that. So like say six to nine weeks before taking an actual easy quote unquote week, right? Because it's, it's sort of like three weeks hard, a week to, to reset and feel some new things out. Two weeks of going really, really hard and then, you know, so on and so forth. So that can work really, really well. If they are coming off a real hard thing, like in the strength club, we came off, um, we did a one rep max pause bench press last week. We've been a little fuckload of shoulder work, high incline presses, push presses, all that sort of stuff. So I wanted to give them a, a bit more of a nervous system type break this week without going into like a full deload where which I'll talk about shortly how deload um, fully compared to like taking a CNS type deload, which is what we're doing at the moment. The CNS type deload means that we're not touching anything that's going to arouse their state, right? And, and what I mean by that is like, say, for example, what the main, instead of our bench pressing, um, we're doing, or it's, pretty much we didn't touch a barbell for the upper body work. I don't think we touched it at all. We didn't, we didn't, didn't touch a barbell at all. So we're doing like, kettlebell work with carries and we're doing battle rope work with that was warm up we're doing pull apart doing all these accessories and then we're going into you know bodyweight work like bodyweight rows handstand push-ups or pike push-ups and then it was the, the instead of where the bench would normally be plugged in to the program it was push-ups on the barbell right 10 sets of 10 push-ups some doing weighted some doing body weight uh, but the thing is it's just a massive pump session right they're getting huge results as they're getting the bodybuilding effects but they're not getting that central nervous system fatigue because it's just not straining at 100% or even 80%, which is a good good thing. So that's one way I like to do it. And I, I think about this a lot with um, with like fighters and stuff like that. Like if you can still do your, your martial art, but just do it a little easier or do it a little different and structure it. So, you know, you're doing, you might be doing, say, if you're doing rounds, you might be doing in jiu-jitsu, you might do 10 minute rounds. So you have to sort of flow roll a little bit more Otherwise, you gas rather than two-minute like fucking Shark Tank type rounds. That's going to be a really good way to recover and feel better, right? Because it's it's just a mental uh, reset essentially. So that's one way to look at it. Now, I like to do it like that. I like to do it for most people. That's the way I like to train it. Is like you go hard, you switch the program. You go hard, you switch the program. 
go hard. And then if you need a deload or you need an easier week, you sort of do a bit of pump work, a bit of feel good stuff, and um, and you just you recover that way. You recover through feeling good and still getting all the movements happening. Now that's that's part one. Part two would be a more um, traditional reload, which basically would state to cut all of your volume by 70%. So you can do the same things that you did the week before, but like 70% of it. So you cut your weight to 70%, you cut your reps to 70%. So if you're doing say three or four sets, you might only be doing one or two sets. And if you're doing you know five reps at 100 kilos, you might be doing um, five reps at 60 kilos or 70 kilos. So stuff to keep you moving, but it doesn't, um, doesn't feel hard. It sort of feels like just a light, get everything moving session. And go. So it's not as productive as the bodybuilding workout one. I don't think it's as productive, but it makes you refresh even further because it's like a full rest. So depending on how fatigued you are from your training blocks is what would be more beneficial to do, right? Like if you've gone really fucking hard or, and you've got like an event coming up or whatever, like you, you want to take bigger deloads because that's where you can bounce back, recover and come back better. But if you don't need to be peaking for an event or a game or sport or fight or whatever, you don't really need to take it as seriously in the reload because you're sort of okay to be in that fit in that fatigue state, I, I think. Um, and that, that's something that you can see, you got to weigh up and you just got to know. So it, it depends on person to person how they respond. But for um, for my online people that do one on ones, I, I nail it down to a T. I, I know I work out after a few few training blocks. I know exactly what what they need, whether it's three on one off, like three on then a reload, or three on and switch, three on and you know reload. So it just depends, right? But anywhere between that four and eight week mark is what I like to do is like a full deload or reload. Um, now there's another, another one, which I really think is important to talk about while I'm talking about the concept of reload, because when you do train, like say I was chatting to Jack about his next training block for his next UFC fight. And what we did in the last one was we, we, we have to do it in stages. So I'm not a big guy of like block periodization. I don't believe in like the straight method of periodization. Like you start with sets of 10, start and then do eights and sort of go into strength work. I sort of still blend it all in together, like conjugate style, but I still have periods of time where I'm focusing on certain aspects of what we're trying to build. Right. So I know that doesn't make a lot of sense and it won't in this podcast, because I won't go deep into it um, just from time reasons. But when I'm looking at like a training block for people, it's about like, all right, sweet. We need to look at, one, going into it and getting the most out of each training block. And two, it, you have to sort of go, all right, cool. There's going to be fatigue and shit that pops up along the way. Where can we take the most quote unquote risk without pushing it too stupidly and still have plenty of time to bounce back and recover while gaining the, the, the results of that risk, right? So for Jack, right, we're coming into his training block. It's the next six weeks. It's like he's off season essentially. He'll be back to one session a day of, of martial arts, so or strength or running or whatever he's doing. So he's going to be moving, he's going to be doing stuff, but it's not going to be full noise. He'll still be getting better, but it's not going to be full noise, like you know, five hours a day type shit. Um, but we're going to go pretty hard in strength stuff and, re, and take his strength base to another level because he came through the last training block. He's got a really good base. Now he's uh, he's got through his fight fine and his body's good. Like I'm going to utilize this next six weeks to fucking get him stupidly strong, 
right? And then we'll change it back to more like speed, power, and you know, prehab focus after that. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, sweet, next six weeks, we're going to go fucking hard. Um, and then after that, it's going to be about all five specific type energy systems and stuff like that again. But the whole idea towards that end of his training camp, when it comes to fight week, let's say he gets a fight in June or July or whenever they, the UFC call him up, the last couple of weeks is all about peaking. So we strip right back on the strength stuff. We strip right back on the power stuff. We strip right back even on the fighting stuff. And you really make him feel good um, in that couple of weeks. And what happens in that couple of weeks is adaption takes place. And like I was saying about the squats on the daily level, where you squat today, you're going to be fatigued for tomorrow. What happens when you take a massive training block and you go through all these phases and you, you know, you're progressing everything and everything's going good? When you take that like one to two weeks where it's lighter, you're still moving, but you're recovering, the peak after that is tremendous, right? Like you'll be you, your gains will be you'll be so much stronger and so much fitter and so much better purely because you didn't realize how fatigued you were throughout the whole thing. Because if it's managed properly, you don't actually feel that bad throughout your training. You don't feel that bad but you are, right? You're in a fatigued state. So what happens when you come on the other side of those um, those peaking periods, you're just ready to fly basically. So this is something that I do. I program it into everybody's programs that I run, all the, all the Royal stuff, all the hybrid athlete stuff, all the, um, all the programs that I've got online and things like that. Like every one of my online clients who do one-on-one, it's all programmed into it. They don't really need to know and I don't really need to tell them because it's just, they trust me and it's just, it works. So they just, just roll with it, which is my job is to make them comfortable with just rolling with it. But that's something that I do. I program it in so they have periods of time where their nervous system can recover, periods of time where their body can actually just fucking recover and periods of time where we maximize the risk and reward ratio and try and really chase some serious gains and then follow that up by a period of time where, you know, I suppose we're maximizing the, the recovery within those gains. And that's all part of programming. That's all part of coaching. It's all part of the journey. But hope that helps and makes some sense, guys. But I want you guys to think about this. Um, if you don't train with us at Royal, like one, you should. <laughs> Whether it's online or in person, you'll get better results and you get stronger and fitter and all that. But two, I want you to think about this and go, all right, where can I use this information like knowing hey if i do this i'm going to be you know fatigued but i need to get fatigued to move forward like don't don't hold back in training like push hard in your training like especially if you're a member of anything that i do like the sessions are programmed assuming that you're going hard like when somebody tells me that you know the the, the shoulder sets were hard uh, easy or you know something like that it's i'm just like what the fuck like they're meant to be stupidly hard like everything that I write is meant to be stupidly hard if done properly. Like you'll see, if I say do 75% and it's like five sets of five and then one set of max, like that's fucking hard. It doesn't matter who you are because you've done your five by five. You might find them easy, but when you max out, you should get like 30 reps if it's too easy, right? Which should still be hard, right? So if you are following along with anything that I do, Push yourself hard. Know that the reloads are built in and, uh, and trust the process. I guarantee that'll work. And the second thing, like, I, oh, I keep saying the second thing and the first thing, it's because I'm well caffeinated up and fucking fatigued and tired myself needing a reload. Um, the, the the thing to think about too with, with, with reloads is like you kind of need to earn them. And if you don't earn them, if you don't push hard, like the reload actually doesn't help you because it just detrains you. 
Okay, so if you're not pushing hard and you go on a consistent level all year round, that's fine. But just understand that you to, to earn a reload and to, to benefit from a reload, you need to really put in work so it makes sense. Okay, so yeah, don't don't always be looking for the easy option, I suppose, is where I'm going with that. Like if you feel like you should reload, but that's just because you don't really want to do any hard work. It might not be the right thing. So it is a balancing act. It is a juggling act. But uh, anyway, I hope that makes some sense. I can't really say it on a, on a podcast because it's an individual type thing. Um, or if you're in, in the group's settings, you'll see me on reload weeks push some people harder than others. Um, and that's basically because that's the individual part of it. So that's that's where it is. And you'll even hear me say to some people, like, take time off. Take, take four days off. Take five days off. There's people who I... They, they get to reload week and I'm like, all right, sweet. Let's just get moving on these two days and drop other two sessions completely and take them off because they benefit more from just not being there because they can't not push hard, right? That's uh, that's that's an extreme uh, extreme version. So that's where I sort of sit. My reload, sometimes I don't do them. I just don't train for four days. Um, so it just depends on the person, depends on their mindset uh, and depends on a few things. But anyway, I hope that helps in some way, guys. I hope that makes you understand um, the benefits of reloads and why we do them and how we do them a little bit. I know that's um, it's definitely not a masterclass what I just gave. It's a short summary of uh, of, of reloading. That's all all we need to know basically um, to to get get fresh and fucking dominate. All right. Well, if guys, if you have someone who you think might benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. That would help if you can you know, give a review and anything like that. I appreciate all that. Um, but guys, I'll talk to you very shortly. Have a great day. Bye.